I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This episode of Spaces Podcasts is supported by Infratech. Bring indoor comfort to outdoor living with Infratech Comfort Heaters. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Good morning. And you are listening to Spaces Podcasts Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Jason, we were just talking about our weekends and you trying to kill yourself uh, while you're working out. Never lifting with a spotter. Yeah. Not necessarily the smartest, um, but so far it's worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so I went, uh, we went hiking, me and my wife went hiking. And one of the interesting things that we, when we went sort of during the height of the, not the height, but during the pandemic, while things were still shut down, we would still go out hiking and stuff because you're outdoors and not really around people. Um, But there were a lot of people at the hiking trails at that time. A lot of people outdoors, park near us was always jam-packed full of people. And uh, we went to our normal hiking spot. Which is where? Uh, what is it called? Bomber Canyon. It's not too okay. far from us. Okay. Um, and uh, pull in. Usually we never get a spot pulled up and there was like four spots open. It's a little tiny parking lot with like only 12 spots available. Usually never open and uh, pulled in and it was actually available. So we got a spot walking around. There's like no one. It seems that now that things have opened up, people just don't go outdoors anymore. Hmm. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer about the difference between while COVID was going on, people were getting outdoors, hiking, biking, 
doing all this healthy activity. And now that it's not, people are, I assume, hanging out with friends, going to brunch and all the unhealthy things. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think I'll probably say this for the rest of my life. Like, there's, I will miss the non-dense and um, wide open freeways and such that COVID brought. Yeah. Right? <laughs> from a traveling perspective, from a driving perspective, like it was amazing, right? And it's sad though, because I think you're totally right. Like the moment you have the air conditioning and the shopping and everything back more or less open again, you know, that's where people spend their time. And it's such a bummer, you know, from that, from that regard. Yeah. But, uh, there's, there's a reason why our, our nation's pretty obese. (laughs) (laughs) That is for sure. All right. Uh, today we're going to chat about clients ghosting you. Mm. I had a, a, this is probably the second time, uh, I'm in the middle of it, so I don't know how this is going to go, but I uh, have reached out to a client a couple of times after sending them updated drawings and nothing. And it's happened before where in the middle of schematic design, a client just disappeared, didn't respond to anything. And I was like, I got to move on. Um, so we're going to chat a little bit about that today. But before we do, quick nod to our sponsor. In the last few years, premium outdoor spaces have become a must-have architectural feature, and Infratech outdoor electric heating systems have become the brand of choice among leading architects. Infratech heaters provide energy-efficient, ambient warmth that allows homeowners to live outdoors during cooler months. Clients love them because they can enjoy 100 more nights a year outside. Architects love them because of the unparalleled versatility from heater capacities and colors to mounting options that can either seamlessly disappear or accentuate a space with beautiful decorative coverings. They're also the only comfort heating company to offer smart home integration and hands-free voice-activated control. For over 60 years, Infratech has made their products in the USA at competitive prices. They offer incredible design and live technical support at every stage of a job. Infratech is specified at the world's most prestigious properties. Learn why and sign up for a free consultation at infratech-usa.com forward slash podcasts. All right. And Jason, we mentioned this before about uh, Infratech, their units, zero noise, odor, or greenhouse gases. We talked about the odor before, but the the noise Noise. is also... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that clicking yeah. and yeah, and you just hear it ramping up to turn on. Yep. So no, no noise on these units. And you can even hear it burning too. That's the funny thing. Oh like, yeah. Uh, my in-laws have a unit, which is which is great to be honest with you. Like it throws pretty good heat, but you just hear it. Mm. It sounds to me like one of those like bug zappers, but the bug <laughs> hasn't hit yet. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it works. You know, but this sounds like you know much better technology because it definitely has that like hum or that. Uh, mm-hmm whatever that noise is on, on all the traditional units I've seen. Yeah. Experienced. Yeah. So if you want to avoid the, uh, that hum, that noise, that sound of bugs dying, <laughs> <laughs> check out Infratech and link in our show notes. All right. Uh, so getting back to the conversation on clients ghosting you. So I was looking at some articles trying to figure out how do you resolve this? So like I mentioned this, the most recent clients, we were probably in our third round or so of 
review and uh all of a sudden it was just like dropped off for how long so it's probably been about a month now i've sent a couple follow-ups like every two weeks or so hmm. just to give okay. them some more time because right now it's uh you know coming down to holidays. the end of the year yeah. holidays and like figure people are busy um so i try to give a little bit of a, a window to just not be too overbearing yep. and we'll see so uh looked up some solutions and some reasons um of what other people think in this article they have seven reasons why clients will ghost you and what to do about it so number one they didn't hear from you uh I mean, that seems kind of obvious right yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk to somebody you should probably let them know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so basically if they reach out to you give give a response in a good time frame don't wait too long that's pretty clear and I think, obvious. what do you think that timeline should be i think in all fairness it should be about 12 to 24 hours max yeah so i at think at least something like i got it you know what i mean or whatever yeah i i think a good you know it can be difficult but a good window is 24 hours max uh to give some sort of response of just to confirm that you received it the request and let them know that you're going to follow up in a couple of days with whatever it is bingo and i think that's a, that's the one thing I, I see people fail on like even if you don't like, let's say you say, hey, I got it. I'll work on it. I'll get back to you in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. If you're not done or something else runs into it or whatever, in that couple of days, be like, hey, I know I promised this to you. It's st I'm still working on it. Something came up. Give me another 24 hours or whatever, you know, just so they don't feel like you're ghosting them or yeah. <laughs> like, like, especially if you're out dealing with their business, it's not like they feel like they're no big deal to you. Like you can just brush them off. I think that's a massive mistake. A lot of people still make. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Number two, they're busy. It's easy to forget that clients are human beings and they're not always available. So if they don't return phone calls, chances are they're busy with something else. It's kind of what I was alluding at at this time of the year. People are busy. So um By the way, I don't subscribe to that. I think it's garbage. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't I don't I don't understand. I'm not gonna say never, but I wanna say never because mm -hmm. I take it that seriously. You send me an email or a text or a phone call or whatever. I'm going to respond to you inside of 24 hours. Like I will absolutely do that. And I don't even care if that's a, a vendor of ours, like a, you know, like a partner of ours, a client of ours, another team teammate of ours, like that will never happen. Like that's just, it's just not, I just don't subscribe to that. That's garbage. Yeah. You know, anyway. And then it's just, uh, that doesn't mean you should give up instead send a message to ask if you can help. So basically kind of what I'm doing is just Good following follow up, up yeah. just following up to say, you know, do you ha uh, have any questions that I can help with or just to try to help usher them along? That's a nice way of saying, hey, jackass, here's me. <laughs> I haven't heard from you. <laughs> Your words, not mine. Entirely my words. <laughs> Number three, they don't need anything. So this is uh, kind of a different scenario. Um, number four, they've lost confidence in you. And this is particularly for a architect or design person. I guess it's a little bit different, but I'm sure you guys feel some sort of way on this one. But that fear of like, God, I might have screwed something up or they're just not happy with my work or whatever. And uh, I'm going through that mental angst right now too of like, God, did I do something wrong? <laughs> uh, do they just not like how I design or, you know, that whole thing? Uh, 
how do you experience this one on a field side? Um, well, I mean, if you, if you look at it from a field perspective, you know, there's that old adage that generally no news is good news. Mm. You know what I mean? So from, from an operation side, if you're not hearing from people, that's actually a good thing. Um, even though you wish they would like check in and be like, Hey, what's up? What's up? You know, like that kind of thing. But when I am handling like the account management side of it, I don't like when I don't get responses. You know what I mean? I'm not generally just reaching out and be like, Hey, you know, that's not really what I do. Yeah. Um, and that's why I would also argue with you that I'm not a typical salesperson, you mm-hmm. know, um, because I think they do a lot more of that. And when I don't get response to something I need, I don't badger people. And, and this is something else I do goofy stuff, right. <laughs> that draws attention. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, you know, a while ago, I really needed to get an answer from a designer that would allow us to finish up some models or something like that. And, and they were probably super busy and we have a wonderful relationship. Like it's mm-hmm. not none of, that, none of that kind of stuff. So I, I sent them a, a text like in the morning instead of like an email or whatever, because it's more personal. I was like, hey, I need to get, you know, I need, I need some responses on this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And a couple hours went by and I didn't get anything. Now, granted, this was somewhat time sensitive. Mm-hmm. So I think I literally, instead of just being like, yo, where are you at? I, I think the next text I sent was knock, knock. <laughs> like a knock knock joke you yeah. know what I mean? yeah. and so I look at it and they go uh who's there and i wrote back where's my specs you know what i mean like literally like one of those kind of things <laughs> and so you know and and that's um you know that that's a relationship i've had with somebody for a long long time but at the same point i do uncharacteristic stuff like that consistently because you have to imagine right when someone sits here and says Oh, they must be busy, which means they have 200 emails that all sound the same, that all appear the same. And all, they have some fun with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've thrown random headlines out there and they're like, what? And yeah. I'm just like, oh, cool. I got your attention. Here's what I need. You know what I mean? And they, they, they've learned to expect that from me. Um, and even when going after new accounts, I do very uncharacteristic stuff. Yeah. To kind of, it's like the resume. How do you make your resume stand out? Right. Like all that kind of stuff. And, and it also fits my personality. So it doesn't seem like it's completely out of left field. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I tend to go after things. I do things that are very out. I don't want to say never, never in bad taste, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily say quote unquote professional, which if we can get into that term at some point, I would love it because I think it's the most over abused term ever. But I think that's what it takes. You know what I mean? Whether you're selling a product, whether you're selling yourself, whether you're trying to get something else, I think you, I think you need to separate yourself from the herd somehow. Yeah. So that's how I tend to get responses a little bit quicker. <laughs> that's, you know what I mean? that's an interesting approach. <laughs> hey, it works too. Like it's really funny because I can't ignore you at that point. Like it's not possible, you know? Yeah. And uh, in reference to that, they've lost confidence in you. Uh, this writer suggests just kind of looking back on uh, the relationship and what you've promised and just make sure that you've delivered everything. If not, make sure to send a follow-up with uh, anything that you may have missed and basically just let them know that, that they can count on you in the future if that's the situation. Uh, number five, they're not interested. That's a sales portion. Yeah, so this is more sales. And I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit to combine it because I think this all sort of ties together. Number six, it's bad timing. I think homeowners in particular, uh, but clients in general, can want to start a project and, you know, all of a sudden other things start happening, you know, with the economy, COVID, Mm -hmm. all these other things. And all of a sudden it's like, 
you know what, this is not a good time. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not interested in pursuing this or continuing this right now. Mm -hmm. The bummer is when they don't tell you <laughs> and they just, and they just don't respond. They don't want to say it. Yeah. They, yeah. They're embarrassed to some degree and don't want to say it. Yeah. So if, if we have any homeowners, uh, building owners, anyone that falls under the client window, do your, uh, your service provider a favor and just let them know because they are running a business and um, they need to know to, in order to plan out their future jobs right. of whether they are going to be working on your project or not. So they can move on to the next one or adjust as necessary. You know, I think, I think the other thing you can do in that situation is if you're that individual or you're that contractor, whatever you're dealing with, and I've done this in the past, you know, I've literally sent someone to say like, Hey, it seems like, you know, we haven't really moved too far forward on what we were talking about, which is totally fine. I just want to know if we're planning on moving forward on this, because if not, I need to slot this differently. You know what I mean? I need to, I, I have other jobs that I can replace it with or whatever. Yeah. And I'm holding this space for you, but I don't want, you know, but it's okay if we don't, you know what I mean? Like you give, I always say, or I always tell team members when I'm training them to is give people an out. Yeah. Make it easy for them to communicate with you in, in, a, in what could be a hard situation. So instead of them having to come back and be like, look, I just can't move forward because I lost my job with it. It's like, oh, you, you know what? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're postponing it. I'll let you know. Great. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it makes it very, very simple. Just like I said, make it easy for people to pay you. Like I took a, uh, uh, this first time I took a credit card on a job I did the other day. And I was like, you know, make it easy. And it cost me 40 bucks on a $1,500 charge. And I'm like, which is, which I mean, it wasn't the end of the world, but I'm like, man, it's 40 bucks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I got the money instantaneously and it was easy for them to pay for it. And they don't have to stress about whatever. So, there's, you know, there's things to weigh as you're doing these types of things, but, um, but give people an out. If you, if you provide them, not just say like, Hey, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Give some kind of direction, give some, you know, make it easy for people to answer somewhat yes or no. Yeah. And that way you can usually well, get that. Well, the, the problem that I'll push back on that, though, is sometimes if you give them an out, they'll take it <laughs> and you don't necessarily want that. Well, if you don't want it, that's that's something different. Right. Yeah. But I, I would argue with you if you don't want it, but they're not planning on doing it. What does it matter if you want it or not? Right. Yeah. And so I'm more of the, the mindset of like, I would just rather know because I can plan alternatively. True. And I don't want to keep chasing something. So look, if they're ghosting you, which is the title of what we're talking about, bro, they're, they don't want you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like there's a really, it, it would mean to me, there's a extremely high possibility that there's something else going on that doesn't include you at that point. Right. Yeah. So instead of dwelling on it, instead of doing whatever, I would tend to turn myself to, okay, hopefully you have other stuff you can slot but I think you'd rather know now so you can start chasing that. So you're not knowing a month later or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of like in business, it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta shut it down and move on. You know what I mean? And, and you just, you're, you're going to have to do that all the time. So the sooner you know that, I think you can make decisions alternatively much faster, obviously. Mm -hmm. And you may not like the decisions you have to make, but at least you can, as opposed to waiting in the wings, you know? Yeah, that's true. And then I do want to add on to that because it's not always in the middle of a project that a client can ghost you, which I think kind of goes back to the um, sort of the sales items. Even in the proposal phase, they can ghost you in the middle of that process too. Mm -hmm. And uh, to your point, you know, some of the reasons are they don't see the value. They don't have the money. It's too much work for them. You're too expensive or they end up, you know, just being able to live with whatever situation that they currently have. And it's again, not, not good timing. So one of the tips that they give as far as the 
they're not interested is maybe changing your approach on communication and, and approaching it at a different angle mm-hmm. kind of maybe to your your point of uh mm-hmm. surprising them with a knock knock joke <laughs> <laughs> i mean come on someone said you might look at it like what and you know you're gonna respond because you're gonna you have like, to what answer yeah <laughs> like, what are you talking about uh and number seven was you're pushing too hard so just kind of overwhelming them sending them too many emails and whatnot to where they just get this like distaste whenever they see your name you know yeah yeah that's overbearing yeah um and the solution easy solution is try not to barrage your clients with requests and uh overload simple yeah yeah so that's pretty straightforward so i think overall there's a lot that from a service provider's perspective that we can do to address a lot of this, but there's a lot of onus on a client's side too to understand that this is a business relationship. The person is trying to run a business. So just it's helpful to just respond through the proposal process, even just like if it's too expensive, it's too expensive and to let them know and give the service provider an opportunity to come down on their costs. That whole conversation is a little bit of a dance in itself of, Mm -hmm. we talked about this earlier of, you know, they're trying to get it as low as they can and you're trying to get as much as you can to cover your costs and both understand that there's going to be a little bit of back and forth, Mm -hmm. but not to just outright dismiss somebody off of the first number that you see and to never respond because it just, it just leaves you dangling in the wind and you're just like, okay, uh, I have no idea what I did wrong, if a number was too high, if they just uh-huh. found someone for whatever reason, or if the job stopped altogether. Well, I think that comes back to the same thing as if they value you or not, right? Mm-hmm. So I have one client in particular that we used to work with, we're trying to get back into. Mm-hmm. And by trying, I would say we're going through the paces again. And really, it's by them prodding and saying, hey, we'd like you to start bidding on stuff again, right? because mm-hmm. we basically did one of these and just kind of stiff armed and we're like we're done because because they didn't see our value prop the same way we did right mm-hmm. and it became all about pricing and and that's okay you know what i mean and i don't really have a problem with that um because they stated that you need to be the lowest price and so i was like okay well we're not going to be the lowest price like it's mm-hmm. you know that's that's cool like it's fine right so to my point just tell me so i can go slot other stuff right yeah and so we stopped bidding with them. And then finally, they're like, hey, we'd really like you guys to start bidding. Well, the reason why is because in these scenarios, all the guys that were lowest price aren't performing. They were used to the performance that we provided. And so they brought us back in for this one big meeting. And one of uh, my GM and I were in there and we were having this whole, you know, we'd really like you guys to come back on our jobs. And that is a construction and purchasing, right? Mm-hmm. Back on our jobs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we would love, we'd love the same. Yeah. And then they're like national person guys like, but you need to be the lowest price. And I said, well, then our meeting's over. I'm like, yeah. cause it's not, you know, it's not going to be that way. And he's like, well, we really think I'm like, no offense. You don't get to tell me how to do my business. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I know my numbers. I know what it takes to run our business. Clearly your team's in here, like rooting for us, which means whoever you've been using in the past <laughs> isn't performing. Yeah. I'm like, and so you're going to tell me that you want everything we provide, which is superior performance, superior product at the same price as the guys that couldn't get it done. Yeah. <laughs> well, I go, no, no, no. That's what you're saying. I'm like, and I'm not going to devalue the work that this guy does that was sitting next to me and the work that our team does. Mm-hmm. Because clearly what we're doing works. Yeah. And clearly your team liked it. So don't, you can't play both. And I said, you can try, but I'm not going to play with that. Like I, I won't be in that game. And, 
And it was actually, it was very interesting because it was very contentious. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just telling you, we're not going to do it if that's what you want. Don't try and convince me otherwise, you know? And I was like, and I, I think I literally got to the point. I'm like, so you're telling me if we're a penny more, a penny, you're not going to give us a job. Nope. I'm like, well, uh, cool. At least we understand where each other's at. We won't be bidding your jobs, you know? Well, we were, no, I'm, I'm done. Like, like, like I did, I'm not going around and around. My answer's not going to change. It doesn't sound like yours. Why do you want to waste your time and my time? Like, who cares? Go, go bid with these other guys that don't work. It's fine. Yeah. But you have to learn that and you have to, you know, it's really trying to define which are the customers of yours and the clients of yours that value what you do to your point, the value proposition and which ones don't, you know what I mean? And, and even the ones that value you, sometimes they'll come back and be like, Hey, I really need some help here. Okay, cool. Let me see what I can do X, X, and X. Will that work for you? Great. You know, and on the next one, they'll let me capture a couple more back or, or whatever it is. Those are the partnerships you want. Yeah. But that's open, honest. That's responding, always getting back to people, you know, performing. Right. Yeah. And that's gained over time. But yeah, you, you have to know what, what type of stuff you're going after. Yeah. And then I do want to squeeze in a couple bonus ones just because um, I came across these that were good too on the why they ghosted you side, they lost enthusiasm, which is a huge one. If the project, for whatever reason, a lot of different reasons why this can happen, but if a project goes on too long, a client can just be like, you know what, I'm done with this. <laughs> this is just no not, not what I thought it was going to be. And then they can move on. And then on the uh, how to resolve uh, that I think is a good one to point out, resolve the ghosting, particularly with nowadays it's uh our generation and below has a hard time picking up the phone uh so try to get them on the phone rather than sending emails is another uh solution that i think uh you're shaking your head good luck <laughs> i mean I, like how many times do you really want to, you and i talked on the phone the other day because i know you and it was a good topic right mm -hmm. but i will have these massive text conversations with people uh -huh. which is the most annoying thing to me personally, but people yeah. just don't want to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> like they want to text and they want to email. And I think there's, you know, with the email stuff, you know, I don't necessarily discount that because I think there's a little bit of CYA that goes to that as well. Yeah. You know, and if I have a conversation with somebody, I will send an email recap as far as what we're going to do. Um, but I, people want to text an email. And so from a business perspective, it's actually pretty easy because you can just go right back to it and be like, this is what you said. Yeah. Or careful. They're like, this is what you said. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And you're like, ah, crap. You know? Yeah. But I don't think, I don't think people are really talking on the phone that much. They do want to get together in person these days though. That's the one thing I would tell you. There's a desire because we talked about COVID stuff before. Mm -hmm. There's a big desire, at least in how I've seen it for people to get together. Hmm. And they want the interaction face to face and whatever. So you have to mosey through the line and, and around the restrictions a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's an opportunity for people that are not shy of that to get a foot ahead of almost anybody, because I can get a whole lot more out of somebody in person than I can via text or email or even a phone call, you know? So I I've seen that a lot. Well, I think in this case of ghosting, I think people are much more, you know, there's an, an emotional human side to it when they hear your voice, even if they don't answer and you leave a voicemail. Yeah. Um, there's much more of a connection to hear a voice rather than just seeing text because you can easily dismiss that or it just gets lost in the bin if you are busy. But a voicemail has a, an elevated level of connection 
if you're trying to re-engage with someone um, that I think can be beneficial. I hate voicemail. <laughs> like I don't even listen to them. So like I get I get frustrated now. I have an iPhone. I don't remember if you do or not, but like it like transcribes a voicemail for you. Like when you click into the voicemail to look at it. And if it doesn't do that, I'm furious <laughs> because I don't even, I don't even like listening to it because nine times out of 10, you have to listen to voicemail. And it's like, well, call me, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and, um, and I think, you know, I don't, I don't, it'd be interesting to know where people are at on that. But the other thing that I like in a business sense, again, I, I prefer to be face to face, but when someone's firing questions at you via text and email and all that kind of stuff, it gives you a moment to catch a breather. So mm -hmm. for people that are, maybe not as confident there in whatever they're dealing with. You can actually like look something up real quick or, yeah. you know, whatever the deal is, be like, Hey, I'm in a meeting. I'll call you back in five or, you know, whatever that is. So it's created different opportunities, I think, for people to be able to handle a situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but I hate voicemail. I won't leave them. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll tell people like if I call them and they don't like, cause that's my opinion. I'll just text them be like, Hey, I tried to call you. Didn't catch you. Give me a shot when you get a chance, you know, like that kind of thing or whatever. Um, here's what I want to talk to you about. You yeah. know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So it's funny that you say that because I want like the polar opposite. Of that. <laughs> uh, you're the one that, that I have an issue with. Probably <laughs> in more ways than one, most likely. <laughs> we already know that though. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the conversation, Jason. Thank you to the listeners for listening. Uh, we will talk again on Thursday. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out our sponsors. By checking them out and supporting them, you help us keep this show going. Thank you to Infratech Outdoor Comfort Heating for their support of this episode of Spaces Podcasts. Visit infratech-usa.com podcast to sign up for a free consultation and learn why Infratech is the choice for bringing indoor comfort to outdoor living. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. If you enjoy our show, you can support us in three simple ways for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. 
And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK, the three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.